The once quiet fields of west central Minnesota have become a battleground in a war fought with rocks, wrenches, rifles, and words. I'm NPR News Chief Meteorologist Paul Hutner, and that was former NPR News reporter Greg Barron with a special report in 1978. The topic? A years-long standoff between Minnesota farmers and Great River Energy, then called the Cooperative Power Association, over construction of an energy transmission line from North Dakota to the Twin Cities. While there's been occasional violence, this war hasn't cost any lives yet, but the potential is there. It's made of the same thing all wars are made of. Pride, fear, political and social ideals, and a huge financial investment. Much of that recipe is present today as the U.S. prepares to spend billions on clean energy infrastructure. And it's why Inside Climate News reporter Dan Garino recently spent time with people involved in those 1970s protests. He wanted to know how to prevent a repeat of the past. And he joins us now with what he learned. Hi, Dan. Welcome to ClimateCast. Hi, Paul. Good to be back. So how significant was this protest back in the day? This was national news, and it was dominating the local news for long stretches of time. So this was maybe the biggest deal of any set of protests against a project like this that we've seen. So ultimately, the project was built, but not without delays, uh, significant cost overruns, and a lot of tense standoffs in icy fields. Tell us more about how this played out. So the farmers, and it was predominantly farmers, along the route of this line, desperately didn't want this line to get built. And the protesters felt like the official system for deciding how these things get built and where these things get built was essentially corrupt. So they thought their only recourse was civil disobedience. And um, they were committed to peaceful civil disobedience but this was peaceful civil disobedience that was, you know, pretty extreme uh, and could be pretty menacing. Yeah, and we heard about that at the top, this kind of recipe for this standoff. What's the recipe for avoiding this kind of conflict today? The power companies very early on didn't stop to actually talk to people in a substantial way and really listen to people along the route um, and be willing to maybe change the project a little bit, maybe reroute parts of it. In hindsight, the people from the power company I talked to said, this was just a mistake. This could have been avoided. And they learned those lessons and applied them to later projects. And where are we with that today? I mean, did we do the listening? Are the energy companies, the government and landowners working together better these days? The projects that have been done in the last, say, 20 years or so within Minnesota have been less controversial, substantially less controversial. An interesting thing that I found in working on this story is the same lessons haven't necessarily been learned in other parts of the country. It's like in parts of the country that didn't have this experience of watching a project just completely blow up because of public opposition, they, they're kind of making some of those same mistakes still. We've seen billion-dollar weather disasters in the U.S. triple, basically, since about 2000. That science is convincing energy companies to break ground on clean energy projects, but is the public buy-in getting easier? I think it's getting harder. Um, getting big wind farms built, big solar farms built, getting these long interstate transmission lines built is, is tough. It's almost like a little mini political campaign for each big project. And the thing is, 
in order to make a transition away from fossil fuels and to relying largely on renewable energy, you need to build a lot of renewable energy and you need to be able to deliver it. So this is a real problem going forward, just trying to figure out how to get rural America to buy into and to see benefits for them in being the places that host these projects. Dan Garino with Inside Climate News. Thanks for sharing your reporting with us today on ClimateCast. Thank you. That's ClimateCast. I'm NPR Chief Meteorologist Paul Hudner.